Welcome to the Brilliant Life Podcasts. Our mission is to provide practical guidance for your journey of personal growth and development. We'll explore various topics together to help you unlock your full potential for a more brilliant life. And now, it's time to welcome our host, Mike Moulton. Hello again. Welcome to the Brilliant Life Podcast. I am really excited about this topic today that we chose. It's called Co-Creating Our Lives with God. Now, you can interpret God in your own way. Personally, for me, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, you can interpret God in terms of the universe. However, you decide that's up to you. But ultimately, the point I want you to get today, if you get anything, is that your life is a co-creative process. What that means is that your life is part of a grander narrative that you and I have the opportunity to help craft. It's this concept that ultimately I believe with all my heart is that as we dive deep into co-creating our lives and our life stories, we begin to understand that we're not only victims of things that happen to us, but we can begin to author all the things that happen to us. And then we can also begin to reinterpret the things that happened to us in the past. Let me give you a definition. This is just a definition that I've come up with what co-creating means. And it's going to sound like I'm reading, and I am, but here it is. Co-creating with God is defined as co-creating your life story with God is a dynamic and interactive process that combines personal agency, what you do, with divine guidance, what God does, that is rooted in faith, prayer, openness, humility, and seeks wisdom to understand life as it was presented to us. It gives us opportunities for direction, for growth. Also, this concept suggests that while we have a free will to make decisions, there is also a divine presence that guides, influences, and works alongside us within our life journey. You know, I want to dive a little bit into what this means, and I'm going to use my life as an example. When I was growing up, I took a victim's mentality. I thought that everything in life was against me. I felt that I was always the oddball. I felt that I was the underdog. And there's reasons for that. First of all, I, at one time I was having a normal life. I would go to ice cream at Carvel's, if you're from Rochester. Uh, it was up on Hudson Avenue. And I remember my sister and I would be in the back of the truck that my dad owned. My mom and dad would be in the cab. And they would, we'd be driving, we'd have our dog with us, and we would, you know, drive up to Hudson Avenue. 
We get our ice cream. We drive back. I remember getting our first bikes and our big wheels and all of that being all excited. But then I remember there was a turning point in my life, a pivotal moment. I used to live behind, or, yeah, behind my school. School was up on a hill, and I would just have to walk through the backyard and come to my house. And I remember one day walking home, hopping the fence, coming into the house, and there were clothes laid out everywhere on the couch. And I didn't know what was going on. I just remember my mom's mood, my dad angrily packing the car. Then I remember my sister and I looking out the door as he drove away. And you can think of what that impact does to a child as they watch their father drive away. You're talking about the individual who provided for you, the individual who was your hero, the individual that you couldn't wait for them to drive by when he used to have his dump truck back, or garbage truck, he was a garbage man back then, but drive by and honk the horn and get on his lap and drive, and next thing you know, he's driving off, and I don't know what life is going to look like. Or, after that, knowing parents are getting divorced and everything, well, we have to move. And we move from a house to an apartment. And then I'm in school and I get sick. I throw up in the, sorry to, get, <laughs> sorry to talk about that here, but ended up going to the, to the restroom, throwing up and passing out on the floor. I remember waking up at my aunt's house. I remember being extremely sick. And then next thing you know, I wake up and I'm in a totally different town, in a totally different place. And I've got to make new friends. These are turning points. Then I remember when wrestling entered my life. And I can remember that as an important outlet. Dove into it. And after that, I remember I dropped out of high school. Started doing drugs that summer. So all of these various pivotal moments throughout my life. What do they mean? What do I do with them? Well, for years, I'll tell you what I did. I took a victim's mentality. I thought that life was against me, that I could never win. I remember those wrestling matches, and I remember watching my friends having both mom and dad cheering them on, especially dad. I remember having to be driven home by my coach. I remember not knowing what it felt like to be patted on the head by someone who was there with you through the, in the trenches. But what do I do with those things? What did I do with those things? Well, what I did with those things is I got angry. I lashed out, which ultimately led me to this place of getting high, drinking, sex, the various things. And then there was another turning point. This is where Christianity really began to erupt in my heart and in my mind. But that wasn't even when I really understood what it meant to be co-creating with God. No, that didn't happen until later. But these themes that were in my life, there was themes of abandonment. There was a theme of victimhood. There was a theme of quitter. There was all of these various themes that were just filling my life. But now, I have a totally different perspective. Now, what I've done is I've done the heart work. Yeah, God was there. But what I did is I lashed out at God and I would say, God, why did you do this to me? But then all of a while, if you think about it, like you look at my whole story, 
there was good and there was bad. I was one of the better wrestlers on the team, one of the better wrestlers in the county. Why? Resilience, stuff I didn't realize that although my dad left and that crushed me, it did not break me, but I didn't know that. But throughout my life, there was like this other story, this this other part that was being built and I didn't even see it because it was so clouded, so clouded by a victim's mentality, so clouded by an abandonment mentality, so clouded by the thought that everything is against me, not recognizing that everything was for me. And I'll tell you what, I got to a point just a few years ago where I was betrayed and then my marriage ended. That, I thought, was going to be the death of me. And then last year, at this time, my heart was a ticking time bomb and I had a heart attack on December 9th, 2022, at 47 years old. And I can look at all of these things and I can say, why God, why? And I did, I did, until the thought hit me as I was going to counseling and as I was meditating in silence. My life is being co-created, co-created. I put the emphasis on God, when in reality, I should just be letting God do what God does and I need to do what I need to do. That's what it is about, people. It's about doing what God wants us to do for ourselves. Think about that. I used to hear this thing early on in church. It's never in the Bible that God helps those who helps themselves. No, you're right. However, it is in the Bible that God does empower us and help us to do things for ourselves, which is pretty amazing if you think about it. One of the things that um, I think that this co-creating with God topic and, and thought process really helps me do is recognize that I'm never alone. I'm never, ever alone. In my life with God, in my life total, even in my loneliest moments, I'm never alone. And so I can pick up the pen and I can write out a goal. I can reflect on my past and take that same pen that I wrote that goal with and say to myself, what do I want to learn? What can I learn? What ought I look to learn from that situation in my life? What should I learn from the situation where I found myself divorced, almost middle-aged, where I put my soul into my family and see it just destroyed. What do I do with that? What do I do with the shattered pieces? What do you do with your shattered pieces? You reflect and you say, what can I do to grow beyond this? And that's when the thoughts begin to come. Wait a second. Who would I have been if I didn't watch my dad drive off? Who would I have been if I didn't move multiple times in my childhood? Who would I have been if wrestling didn't enter my life and even quitting wrestling had happened? Or who would I have been if I didn't quit school? Yeah, it's another one, right? Like I quit school in my senior year. Today, I have two master's degrees because I recognized that for me, I always wanted to be a learner, but I wouldn't have recognized that if I didn't reflect on the things that I loved, the things about me that I loved. And the thing is, too, is when you look at these things in our lives as co-creators, as co-authors, 
in our lives, we can begin to write in the skills we want. We can begin to write in the goals we want. We can begin to write in anything we want. And a lot of people will say, well, Mike, I, I don't get that. I, I don't think I can change that much. No, I do because I did. You're talking to an individual who dropped out of school and who one day decided to get his GED and then applied to a four-year school and they let me in. You're talking to somebody who said, you know what, I've always quit everything in my life. This is going to change. So I locked myself in the library at SUNY Brockport from 5.30 to midnight or 11, whenever it closed. My friends knew where I was and that I would hang out with them later. I woke up early on Saturdays to go work, and then I did homework. Why? Because I was focused on no longer being a quitter. And you can do that too. Nothing is stopping you from doing what you want to do but yourself. Nothing is stopping you from authoring this life that you've always wanted. If it's financial and you want to get out of debt, author that in. And what do you do? You begin to read. You begin to listen to podcasts. You begin to go to a financial planner. Get yourself out of debt. You can do it. What else can you do? So what? I don't care if you're in your 40s. You can get a degree. I'm 47. I just finished a master's degree. I want to get more. I want to do more. So I'm going to. You can too. Not only that, you can start a business. You can start a podcast. You can start a blog. You can become an author if you want to become an author. Just write that in your life. Write that as a goal and go do it. But we get stuck in our own head. Well, I wasn't loved enough as a child. Do you know what it's like to go to bed crying, wondering what you did to, to cause the situation in your life? I do. But you know what's amazing to me? Is that God's grace is so sufficient and so empowering. I want you to understand this. Grace doesn't just mean that you get a pass on the bad things you do. Grace in the Bible is actually an empowerment so that you can do what you've always wanted to do. And you, here's the thing. We get caught up in saying, is that, se is that secular? Is that religious? No, what? It doesn't matter because you're a person in God's creation and whatever you do in your life will bring him glory. So it doesn't even matter what it is. Think about it. If you want to become an author and then go out there and market your book, do it to the glory of God. And you doing it is to the glory of God. Look at this creation. Look at it. Look at this creation. My son, my daughter, doing all that he or she wants to do. It's bringing God glory. A singer, a songwriter, do it. A podcaster, do it. Opening your own business, getting in corporate America, do it. Starting a nonprofit, do it. Author your life in any way you want to, and you will bring glory to God. Love God and do it your will. That's exactly what Augustine said. Love God, do it you will. So authoring our story with God, co-creating our lives with God, it's not anything that it lacks excitement. It's what excites me. It's the very thing I get up for. Think about it. Uh, G.K. Chesterton, he's an author. He wrote and he said, you know, God 
is like a child. And every morning he wakes up when the sun gets up and he looks at us and he says, let's do it again. Listen, people, listen to me. Let's do it again. Let's do it again. Wake up tomorrow morning. Go to sleep tonight with the anticipation that tomorrow morning you will wake up and God will say to you, let's do it again. Let's do it again. Let's do it again. And you know what? You do that with joy. You do that with love. You do that with grace. Here's another thing. In co-authoring our lives with God, we take the bad times and the good. We grieve with God. We write that grief in. We grieve, we grieve, we grieve. The losses, the heartaches, all of those things. We feel it and we do it and we do it well. And then with gusto, we grab that pen again and we write out all the joys and we go after those joys. And not only the things that make us joyful, but the things that make us feel alive. That's what we want. So I encourage you today, in closing, remember that each step of this journey is a journey into a deeper, more brilliant life where you are going to shine beyond any star. You are going to shine brighter than the brightest moon. Think about that. That's you. And God is co-creating this life with you. He hands you the pen. He says, son, daughter, help me write. Help me write. Thanks for listening. I love you guys. Thank you for tuning in to the Brilliant Life Podcast. Remember, each step we take is a part of our journey together towards a more brilliant life. Stay Aren't you looking for a hero? Well, look up. No more running from the bad guy. I'ma stare him in the eye like, what's up? I know the journey got hard for a minute, but I ain't giving this up. Yeah, I got the heart of a champion. If I get knocked down, I get back up.